Hi, everyone. Uh, this is actually a continuation of the previous episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, go listen to that one first. Um, because turns out we recorded way too much. Yeah. We got really uh, enthusiastic. About the topic. So. Um, we had some some uh, passionate discussion. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so we'll be continuing what we recorded last time. Uh, and you can go ahead and enjoy it right now. Tell us a little bit about the grading system that you guys have. Okay, so unlike these, in America, what do we have? Unlike these barbaric Americans, where they <laughs> like grade based off of a letter and then skip a few, and then you get F, uh, which like cool. Um, well, and each of those letters corresponds to like a, a range. Yeah, and they couldn't really figure it out, so it's pluses and sometimes two pluses. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the French, a civilized society, um, have decided to grade everything out of twenty. Um, 20 out of 20 means you aced that exam, okay? 0 out of 20 means you utterly failed it. You got nothing right. Mm -hmm. Um, 10 out of 20 is you didn't do so great, right? You got roughly half of it right. Um, But But, but the thing is, in the American school system, it's usually 100%, right? So 50 out of 100, that's a failing grade. That's an F. Yes, but it depends what kind of questions are on the test. Because let me, let me talk you through this. It is impossible to get a 20 out of 20. But it is possible to get 100%. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. Tell okay. me why. So the tests are going to be constructed in such a way where 10 out of 20 is not the end of the world. Anything under is like a pretty big red flag. But if you get by with 10s out of 20s, you're not going to be doing so great, but you're not going to fail either. But then, if that's the case, how do you decide? Because going to college, they look at your grades, right? Do you have straight A's? Do you have B's? Do you have C's? This if yours is, why is the, out of a number... This is why the IB was very important. Okay, because I was like, if yours is out of, you know, 10 out of 20 still mean you're good, then... That's an F, though. 10 out of 20 is an F in American yeah. grading system. So then, like... No school would accept you. I would say roughly a 10 out of 20 is like getting... A C. Uh, yeah, a C. It's not not the best. A 13 out of 20, that's what most people are going to be getting. Like, that's the rough... I want. I don't want to say average, but that's the median. Mm-hmm. Of, like, where half the class gets 13... Uh, under 13, half the class gets over 13. Um... 14, 15, you're doing really well. If you get a 15 out of 20, like you show that to your parents with pride. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, 16, 17, you're at the top of the class. You're at the top of the class. Okay. Um, 18, that one's reserved for the teacher. Only the teacher can get 18 so out of 20. So no one ever gets 18? No one gets 18. That's reserved for the teacher. 19 out of 20, God. How, Only how, God gets 19 how out How do they even grade like? Like, let's say you have, like, 100 questions. You don't have 100. You have 20 questions. Okay, so all the tests are 20 questions? <laughs> no, sometimes you might have more. And oftentimes on the test, they'll say, like, hey, this one's two points. This one's one point. This one's half a point. Okay, so what if what if all your points add up to being 18? No, Do they, they not give you 18? Even your points add up to 18? Yeah, that's how you get 18 out of 20. No, but you that's said That's how 18, you missed out. <laughs> but you said 18 is reserved for the teachers. Yeah, well, just realistically, as a student, you're never going to get 18. That's so. So the highest grade as a student you can ever get is 17. 
mostly joking. Like, you totally can get 18, 19, or 20. Why are you joking? But, I'm being serious. But the tests are often hard enough where most will not. Oh, like, that okay. is... There's going to be very hard questions on there to balance that out. That's why 10 out of 20 is not a failing grade. It's not great. 10 out of 20 is not great. But 13 out of 20, you might consider that as like 60%. Yeah. Not great. Not great. But a 13, that's perfectly average. That's, you did a B. What? You did yourself good to get that. Okay. Because the questions are harder. All right. Right? The, the balance of the scale is different. There are much harder questions and there are easier questions. And if you add up all the medium and easy ones, you get about 13. That's how the teacher is going to organize it. So that way you can really see who is mastering the material and who is not. It's not a linear thing because the linear thing doesn't make sense either, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's r- roughly how the system works. I joked around that like 18 is for the teacher, 19 is like only legends have said who got it and 20 is for God. Um, roughly that's how it feels. Like if you ever get a 20 out of 20, like that's a once in a school time achievement because the tests are going to be hard so that's a joke i thought you were serious that they never <laughs> assign 20 out of 20 or 18 i like they well, only think ever of it this way up to a certain number. think of it this way if you're doing um some sort of like a history test if you got 20 out of 20 the teacher is going to find a way to, to nitpick you? to dock you so you got 19.5 well what kind of teacher would do that well, as a student French who wants teachers. who wants a 20 out of 20, you're really going to fight for that extra half points. You're going to learn more the next time, right? Psychologically speaking, I'm sure this is the game that's being I'm assuming none learned. of your tests are like, like multiple choice. No, that doesn't exist. Scantrons. No, there's no such thing. Okay. <laughs> we had to do scantrons at one point because they're like, oh, how's the school doing relative to the great American standard? Uh, and that's well, the only I time think, we did those Scantron things. I think that's but. also because in public schools... They never uh, told us how we did. No, I think also we do Scantron, which is like a sheet of paper. It's... I don't even know what size it is, but it has... It's a Scantron size. Oh, is that, is that an actual... for the machine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then it has like, you know, 1 through 50 or whatever on one side, and then 50 through 100 or whatever on the other side, and it's like A, B, C, D, E, F, or A, B, C, D, E, or whatever, right? Like you have all these, and then you fill in each number corresponds to each question, and you pick your choice of answers, right? And I think the reason why public schools often just go for that as a default is because it's so much easier. They just put it in the machine, because each class has like 30 to 40 students, mm-hmm. and each each hour, a teacher has, you know, 30, 40 students. And they do that all day long, you know. So, in the end, they probably have over, like, 200 students for themselves, right? So, I mean, going through that many papers is kind of impossible. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's the main reason why all pub- most public schools do just scantrons and multiple choice questions. And that's why the French schools stick to 20. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I'm assuming that's why I'm saying I'm asking like all of your tests are written tests. It's always like or, yeah, there's a or, question or and then answer. Choices. There's hard, hardly ever multiple choice. Yeah, we had a few of them. I think mostly to train us on like, hey, SATs are gonna come your way soon. You need to know what on earth you're doing, um, and that is something that uh, we had to be trained on because we never took multiple choice. We didn't really know about the techniques of how to like game the system how to fill in the bubbles (laughs) yeah how to fill in the bubbles how to 
uh, due process of elimination for like which one to yeah. pick because we were trained of you figure it out. You don't pick from a choice. You just figure it out. But figuring it out takes more time when there's a many, many more questions. You need to be quick. Um, so that's something that was different for us. Um, but yeah, that that's that's the grading system that we kind of grew up with is everything is out of 20. My favorites uh, were dictation exercises and dictation exercises were special because the teacher would read out a passage and you had to write it and not make mistakes. Every mistake that you made, you get docked a point. Um, I was so outrageously dyslexic. You were always negative. That I got negatives. Yes. <laughs> um, and I was not proud of it. I hated, I dreaded the times when we would have dictations because I felt like it was, I was incapable of doing well. Whereas in something like a math class, I did exceptionally well. I was getting those 19s, those 20 out of 20s. Oh, so you were given the God points. Yes. And God <laughs> smited me in dictation. <laughs> So, like, it, it's it's interesting in that how, like, the system is, like, there. Uh, eventually, we, like, in my secondary learning from 6th grade to 1st grade, <laughs> uh, from 6 to 12, uh, we had more and more English classes. Um, like, history was starting to be taught in English. English was obviously taught in English. Um, all sorts of classes. I forget what other classes there were. Like science and math was still in French, which was very interesting going into college or like calculate these uh, uh, derivatives and uh, which, what was that other one? The, the, the F's. Oh, I, I forgot what it was called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The squiggly thing. The squiggly thing. And in any case, I didn't know these terms. So I was like very confused for the first like week or two, despite knowing what it was teaching. So that was interesting. So then now, since you were taught math most of your life, like. Do you, most of your life, like, do you do math? Like, cause you're a programmer and you do a lot of math and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think in French or do you think in English? I think in math. You think in math, but do you <laughs> think like, okay, this is not, you know, you you think in math, but you think in like using French vocabularies or English vocabularies? Because for me, I mm -hmm. learned Vietnamese as my first language, and yeah. then I learned English afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I learned to count in Vietnamese before I learned to count in English. So when I count, I count better in Vietnamese than I count in English. Mm -hmm. I trip up whenever I count in English. Mm -hmm. So do you have that, or? Um, I don't think I do because I think I like learn to count in both at the same time. Okay. Um. When I'm doing math, I'm not really, like, reading in my head what the operations are. I'm oh. just doing it. Okay. And I think that's probably why I'm good at math is because, like, I skipped the language part. Because that was what's, what was troubling you. The probably. language. Um, but I'm, I was good at the math part. Funny that you go into college l majoring in linguistics when it yeah, was I didn't the even... thing that was troubling you your li whole life. Yeah, and I think that was because I did not know linguistics was a thing. And once I realized what linguistics was, it opened my eyes to the fact that every... Th Open your eyes, Dimitri. Uh, it opened my <laughs> eyes to the ways that language was taught that made no sense to me. Like people trying <laughs> to tell you these rules. Uh, I before no E rule. except after C, you know? 
None of those made sense to me because they work for like five words and, and that's it. And then the rest don't work. Um, yeah. The classic one in French is there are three verb groups. There's the ER verbs, the IR verbs, and then everything else. <laughs> and guess where all the verbs are? They're in the everything else category. Even IR verbs and some ER verbs because nothing makes sense and they don't want you to have a good time. Well, but, you also mentioned that, like, when you were learning linguistics, you mentioned that, like, the French language hasn't changed for, like, a good 200, 300 years. Like, they stuck to the old French language. Yes, and guess whereas what? Whereas English has evolved so much over time. Yes, and guess what? Throughout distinct time periods, words came in back from English. Uh-huh. Over and over again. And guess what? All these weird word gr- verb groups that are in French, they correspond to time periods. Yeah. Who would have thought to explain that to me as a kid? And I would have understood. But and that's because perhaps they made don't know sense. themselves. No, no None one knows. None of these teachers yeah. know. And I think that's why I had the most trouble with language growing up. Is because no one knew what the rule is. So they invented a rule that doesn't make sense. Right? <laughs> well, the thing is those teachers were taught those same rules. And they believed those Yeah, same but they rules. have normal functioning brains. So it worked out for them. <laughs> Whereas my brain was stupid and it just didn't work for me um so like i hated language then i learned about linguistics and the fact that hey language is complicated but it does follow actual patterns globally in the like, end it's across not, languages in the end it's not you it's the language yes and that made you feel and better I, I think that did make me feel better because at the end of the day i didn't have to be a professional at this yeah at the end of the day we are all bad at it and we all speak our own dialects of languages um but it's all like all languages follow these rules and you don't have to know these rules but if you do know them it's going to make you understand why certain things are so stupid in language (laughs) um and that have no like rhyme or reason like english is famous for the fact that uh you have letters yeah just kind of ignore that they exist um you kind of memorize how every word looks and and you read that yeah you read the the shape of the word not the letters that form it up yeah um and i think that's one of the things that once you realize that english is a lot less daunting because you stop trying to phonetically sound it out like sure that helps when you don't know the word but guess what english has like twenty thousand words and you just got to memorize them can you sound out french or or is it memorization no french is very phonetic by comparison. Vietnamese is too. You can sound yeah. out each word. Vietnamese is 100% phonetic. Yeah. There's no like you silent letters. You don't guess what mm-hmm. this word is. If you know the alphabet, you can sound out every word, even if mm-hmm. you've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, French follows the same thing, except there are rules that you need to implicitly know. But once you know them, you're not going to trip up on a brand new word. Whereas in English, you totally can. Hence, things like spelling bees that like Ugh. why should that exist that a it's language should be a language should be sufficiently evolved that a spelling bee should not need to exist it's to torture little yeah. kids and make them be like make them feel special that they can spell all these crazy words that no one can yeah in any case vietnamese and korean like they pass that test like they have beautiful uh written forms that match how it's pronounced Mm -hmm. and that's excellent yeah um and the rest of the world needs to catch up um that's that's my my view on that um but yeah uh that is how my schooling was different than lynn's you're special (laughs) at the end of the day my brain's broken (laughs) your brain's broken
Well, I guess since we've already gone like 40, over 40 minutes, like, I guess there's a one last question is like, now that you've gone through a French education system, you've gone to college, you, you experienced the American system and you experienced the, the Japanese education system. Like mm-hmm. when we have kids, how would you want to educate your kids? Considering that I went through the French system uh-huh. and as a result, college was frankly easy when I saw so many people struggling. Uh-huh. I am worried about the American system. Like, I know you got a good good education through the American system, right? By, compa- by like, what was available. Yeah. However, you found UCSC to be a struggle, right? Uh, uh, college was very hard for me, mainly because it was... the What I chose as a major was completely pure science and math, and it was beyond me. Mm-hmm. But had I done, like, language and linguistics, I would have done very well. Mm-hmm. Because that was more what I liked. And I, I took quite a bit of linguistics classes, and I enjoyed those very much. Versus when I was doing all complex science and math, I did not enjoy any of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, like, I'm not a science person. So I think it depends. You know, I was on the track to going to medical school so that was sort of what i was stuck in mm-hmm. and therefore i struggle but i think had i found out about linguistics and all of these other majors i probably would have had a better time with college mm-hmm. i'm not like i'm not stupid you know like i'm a pretty smart person i rationalize like i can figure out things it's I'm just proud of you. it's just you know math and science was not a thing for me mm-hmm so, yeah, from from my unique perspective, I am very worried about potentially putting like my future kids through Call, like the school. American system. Yeah, over here, I don't think that it will be worth their time. Well, especially if we are talking about like the public school system here, mm-hmm. there are lots and lots of private American schools here that are like. The, the student to the student to teacher ratio is like one teacher per two per two students. That's at one extreme. I that say is like that, but there's that's more of an in between. That's what well. I'm saying. Like if you're basing it on just the public school system, it's hell. It's horrible mm-hmm. because they're always underfunded. But if you're talking about like paying for private school in general, like French school, American school, or even like Japanese integrated private school in america like since we live in los angeles there's a lot of japanese people like those types of school like i feel like i wonder if in the end it doesn't maybe it doesn't really matter what it is right it's just then at that point it's based on your interest you want your kids to have french as a second language or is it japanese or is it chinese right Mm -hmm. i would say the one thing i would probably insist on is whatever school they went to has to be a bilingual school. A bilingual school. Um, I don't care which languages they are. The more distant they are from one another, the probably the better. Which is ironic since the one I went to, French English. Th- English is French. Like I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if anyone cl- got clued in yet, but it's basically the same language. Um, like yes, they're different, but all the vocabulary is the same. Well, which is why they taught it because it was easy for them as teachers to maybe. <laughs> maybe um like same with like spanish would not be too far from from english um japanese would be a very different way of thinking than english yeah you're talking about like 
Asian language versus like an Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, or different like roots. A, yeah, a Western Eng- language. Mm-hmm. So yeah, whatever whichever languages they are, I think a bilingual system is probably way better. Would you consider homeschooling? I probably would. If I is can, that, if I can your, push like, the time, if money isn't an issue that, and you can choose like a private school versus mm-hmm. like just homeschooling, cause, like if we're just looking at like the the level of education, mm-hmm. would you prefer home, doing homeschooling? Because you'll be the one teaching, yeah. Versus, of course, you have to teach based on a curriculum with the school too, in order for the kid to get a credit to get credits for college. But <laughs> easy. But I'm saying not like, worried about that. It's gonna be you teaching <laughs> versus you know. Yeah, if money were not an issue and I could spend all my attention on that education, mm-hmm. um, and by what I mean of all my t- attention, it's not all the kids' attention, right? It's me pouring over the material so that way I understand it well, so that way they can have a constructive time learning it, From not I, yeah. spending 18 hours of their life learning. Like, those are two very separate things. Um, but if if I could do that, I probably would. From what I understand, too, is, or from what I know, is that, like, students or kids who go through homeschooling tends to have a better outcome in terms of, like, especially if they have parents who push them, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you do homeschooling, it's you're learning at your own pace. Mm-hmm. You're you're learning at your own pace and you don't get left behind. You don't get left behind and you have a one-on-one tutor or teacher uh, at some point in your life to then help you. Versus if you're in whether it's a private school or a public school, you're still 30 students to a teacher. You know, and it's up to that teacher to notice a student is struggling in order to help them. And often when te- when parents sent their kids out to a school like that is because they don't have the capability to stay home with the kids. So most often they don't notice that their kid is struggling, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And if the teacher isn't making that effort, you can get left behind. Case in point for myself, like I did not read a book until very late in life, mm-hmm. like a book to completion. I read like... Harry Potter, like that is like me remembering that I read a book. I read uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I learned quickly about audiobooks in high school, and that <laughs> saved me. But it only saved me for the English speaking classes. Yeah. And French, I had no audiobooks, and therefore I was struggling severely to read and finish like assignments that involved reading to any capacity. Yeah. And the irony is that we found like my old, um, yeah, your old report cards. My from old up report until, cards, like third grade. Yeah, like from very young, the signs were clear. Yeah, like I, the teachers kept bringing it up. Like, what do they say? Yeah. So uh, recently, Dimitri's parents were going through his like his old room and getting rid of stuff, and and they found a bunch of report cards from his school. And I was looking through them, and it, there was clear signs, like kindergarten, he was doing great, very, you know, talkative, liked to participate, liked to help out. And then first grade come, there were signs that like, oh, he wasn't reading enough, maybe he should volunteer more. And then second grade comes, oh, he's not doing any of his reading assignments. And then third grade, it's like, clearly, you guys need to do something about this reading thing. He's not reading any of the homework assignments. 
And like in the report cards, there were clear indication that he was struggling when it comes to writing and reading. But I'm sorry to say, but like this falls on your parents. Like no, they, absolutely. like they didn't. I don't know if they did anything. Did they do anything to help with that? Because... I I loosely remember during summers, <laughs> I was urged to get books from the library, and that would magically fix it. But urging a kid to get books when mm -hmm. they're dyslexic at the same time, my dad is dyslexic, so he probably saw the writing on the wall and said, "This is hopeless," <laughs> and like just get through because eventually I was able to read. Like uh -huh. in my. Sixth, seventh, eighth grades, I found like programming manuals. Yeah. Not fiction. Very easy for me to read. Anytime there was. Because it's very strategic. It's very like. Also, pattern, it's not right? a page full of text. Mm. Like crucial. It's like divided, easy to consume. Mm -hmm. Perhaps very boring. Like, but that's it's a separate also thing. much more difficult too. Like yeah, like, like, like that, that. Those are right? two different things. But the reading part of it was simple and straightforward. Like two sentences. Here's a screenshot or a block of code or something to differentiate that. Yeah, and that's how I learned how to read. The other way I learned how to read. Guess what? Watching anime. <laughs> There's a whole captions. lot of subtitles and captions. And you might think, oh, that's like a normal thing potentially. Or you might be thinking like, oh, I hate watching stuff with subtitles. Like. My aunt. Because people are lazy at reading. Or they're not very good at, at reading. reading. And, and it's not just reading. It's speed reading. Speed reading, yeah. And I think that helped me tremendously is getting stuck in my later like years, getting stuck watching anime, where, yes, I had the opportunity to pause whenever I needed, which I probably did a lot. But that helped me get better at reading because I was able to consume the... The text and be forced to do it fast enough whereas on a page like that was not an issue but there's just so much text that i would end up reading the same paragraph over and over over the period of an hour and i would make no progress and it's demoralizing mm -hmm. you, like i could read and not understand if yeah. that makes sense um and reading I, is one thing comprehension is also another thing yeah yeah um and that was that was difficult for me and my my <laughs> report cards clearly outline that yeah um but maybe the teachers didn't like follow up year over year to see the pattern that was building they gave up as well. because by seventh or eighth grade i was like doing horribly in french classes but i was doing amazing in everything else scientific and math classes so i guess from their point of view they can't hold a kid behind mm -hmm. you know so like it's a very difficult like place for them to like try to put pressure on me to read more and to be better at that and i don't know you yeah. know so yeah if i have kids and they're dyslexic like i know it's gonna be okay at the end i you need them to find something that they're gonna be happy reading and happy getting used to reading but you also can't force you, it also you reading to them and being with them yeah which is probably difficult for working parents to and that that was what that. i wanted to bring up when you said like kids that were homeschooled probably have better outcomes i wonder how much of that is purely because parents were there their parents are there yeah has nothing to do with no, the education totally, totally. the education is a bonus yeah but their parents being present every day in their life up until they reach adulthood probably helps a lot that's what well you don't go into homeschooling a child assuming that you just leave the child at home with a with nanny a <laughs> and then you go off to work mm -hmm. you homeschooling meaning you're there 24 yeah. 7 with them and their education mm -hmm. and that's a lot of i mean i've 
And that's that's work. And that's work. And then mm-hmm. people and kids turn out great. I mean, they like I said, they learn at their own pace. So if they are enthusiastic about science and doing experiment, they are more into that. Versus if you are part of a school system, you get one hour out of the eight hour of the day that you're at school to be doing this. And back to being demoralized about reading. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, there was a recent story in the news, uh, I think sometime earlier this year, there was a 13-year-old that got accepted into college, and turns out she was homeschooled, and she got accepted to, like, Harvard or something like that, which I don't remember, but it was, like, a very prestigious college that she got accepted to, and it's all because she had a very good support at home and private education at home, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying like a lot of kids who have that privilege will and the privilege of being homeschooling will turn out a lot better than us putting them, I say, into a private school, I say. Yeah. The only downside is you need to be able be to do that. Yeah. That's why I said privilege. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a tremendous privilege to be able to say I don't have to work and I can concentrate on, on... my child's education. Um, and most people can't do that. And it's an investment too, really. Like if they turn out great in the future, then it's not on you to like, oh, you're 50 years old and you still have to have to work to support this kid mm-hmm. who is, you know, still living with you and not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's an early investment on your part, hoping that it will work. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this is a great long discussion on schooling, so... Hope you enjoyed it. Yep. Bye. (laughs) Bye, everyone.